Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Everybody, Bob Stopper and Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now, which is brought to you daily by Digitex. I wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and supplies. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. And we are going to go straight off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Uh, joining us for the horses and horse racing Alberta, we remind you the canadian derby will take place on the 27th that's sunday the 27th um out at century mile you can uh, there's limited seating i think the event's already sold out but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com mark specter joined us uh he uh rerouted his schedule today uh tampa bay we're just holding their availability mark we got tampa bay and dallas in the final your thoughts well, you know, some sage expert picked that back in September. I'm not sure what his name was, but it uh, starts with Beck. <laughs> hey, man, we have to do picks just so the listeners out there know. Guys like you, Bob, and me, they ask us to do these picks every year of our life in September. We spend about five minutes on them, if that, and people hang us on them when we're wrong year after year. So, well, you're 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 wrong so often that, that you give them lots of material, and I'm right there with you, Mark. So, yeah, there well, you go. I picked Dallas and Tampa back in September somehow, and Tampa to win. That uh, I'm happy to blow my horn once a decade on something like that. <laughs> Mark, I remember I remember when we were hosting a show at another time at another place and you were on with us and then ethan morrow and steve stales were going to be on after and you had, you were speaking glowingly in the os of the fall of 06 about the san jose sharks about the type of team that they were going to have and how they were poised and they should have never lost the oilers and uh morrow came in and he the first thing he said to me he goes hey where's your buddy sj sharky so uh, <laughs> and, and and you know what mark uh you you were right. The San Jose Sharks did get to the Stanley Cup final a decade later. Like you know, only one team gets to win. Sometimes I think people forget that. But this should be an interesting Stanley Cup final between Dallas and Tampa Bay. Spec. Well, it's funny that you, you bring that up because you know what? I mean, the thing you just try to pick good teams, and I think we even even Steve Steos and Ethan Morrow, who are happy to 
yank my chain when they got a chance, would admit that for about 10 years, San Jose was an awesome team. They were a great organization, and they finally got the one cup. But to me, Dallas has sort of recently kind of been that team. I thought they were going to be this good a couple of years ago, Bob. I thought, you know, I started yeah. thinking that Dallas looks like a team that could contend for Stanley Cup, and they haven't, and they've left us short, and they've cost a guy the odd playoff pool. And finally... You know they're here, and they're they're uh, they've got a brand of hockey going that's that's hard to beat. And you know the we always like to pick the offensive teams to beat the defensive teams because that's just the kind of guy I am. But uh, they gave Tampa everything they could have. The Islanders gave Tampa everything they could handle, and I'm not sure Dallas is even a better defensive team than that. Yeah, I I, I think that Dallas has got better personnel than uh, the New York Islanders. I still think Tampa Bay is going to win the series, but uh, I, Mark, I too picked Dallas at the start of the season way back late September, early October. Full disclosure, I moved off that pick and went to Vegas after what I saw in that round robin part. Right, sure. That, and and sure. I guess maybe that's a reminder for Oilers fans. Like, Mark, the Oilers were actually ahead of Dallas in this. If they'd beat Winnipeg, I know if and and butts were candy and nuts, you know the old story, right? But it just shows you, I mean, this has been such an incredibly unpredictable year. How do you even assess anything in a season like this? I mean, Dallas was percentage points ahead of the Oilers, fourth versus fifth. The Oilers had more points in the regular season, and both teams, the Oilers won two of the three games played between the Oilers and Dallas during the regular season. The two Edmonton won, Koskinen stole, and the one Dallas won, uh, Kadobins came off and relieved uh, Ben Bishop and helped steal that game for him. So, crazy stuff. Well, you know, this whole bubble thing, I think that that we all have to take a step back here in, you know, judge your team up until March 11th because that was a regular normal season, and, and it's fair. And it's also 71 games is a big sample size. I'm not sure how wise it is to judge your team on what really for the Oilers amounts to a couple of lousy third periods and, you know, just a, about a, a – what did they play? They played four games. Did they played in six days? Um, they had a mark. Mark, they had a lousy first game. The the yeah. final the final three games, if you'd played those games normally with normal shot results, and I know there's something to be said for Chicago's experience, the Oilers' inexperience, yeah. but most yeah. most times Edmonton would win that that series in that situation. So, you know, not an yeah. excuse. We just had Bob well, Nicholson say we weren't it, good. Bob came yeah. on and said we weren't good enough. That's all there is to it. I'm not here to tell you the Oilers were any good in that week of hockey. That's not what I'm here to say. They were lousy. Too many of their best players weren't good enough. Their top defensive pairing was awful. Guys didn't show up. There was issues. I'm not saying there wasn't, but my point is this. I still think, having looked back now, Washington, they're a really good team. They weren't any good in these playoffs. St. Louis is a really good team. They weren't very good. Pittsburgh wasn't any good. So I'm just saying, judge the orders on the 71 games, and I think that seven-day window is what the analytics people always throw aside as a small sample size, frankly. There you go. All right. So, uh, Mark, there's, i, I got to ask you, would you have interest in Oliver ekman Larson? Yeah, you know what? No. I guess no. Uh, as a player, of course. Like, the Oilers need – he's a legitimate number one defenseman in the NHL, the Oilers don't have one. So right. Do they need that guy? Of course they need that guy. Are you kidding? He's a great player. But the contract is – you know, go back through hockey history of teams that acquired guys 
uh, at the first year of that, you know, with seven years left on the deal, that was he making seven million bucks or eight? No, he's eight point two five. Eight point two five. So the history of acquiring those contracts is that you regret the heck out of that about four years in. They can't be the Leafs who added John Tavares and are in a total bind because they really didn't need John Tavares at nine million bucks. So. They don't need the contract. The Oilers can't handle the contract. It'll lock them in forever. Uh, plus, what you got to give up to get the guy. OEL is an excellent player. Played for my team all day long. But the Oilers' contract and their cap situation—they can't take him on. Fans don't want to hear patience. Is that what Edmonton needs to do with their defense? Just be patient. And I mean, I'm watching Ryan Pollock and Spack, and, and I'm going to tell you right now. I talked to people the last two days that both think Evan Bouchard is going to be a better player than Ryan Pollock. So they think that Bouchard's got a higher ceiling, certainly a higher offensive ceiling. You watch Pollock in the series; he looked pretty good. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, yes and no. Uh, patience. Define patience. You don't just throw away good prospects here and be in such a hurry to win. That's just foolishness. But no, this organization can't just sit around and wait another four years to be good, you know, to right. be contending. So that level, like, do they need a goalie? They need a goalie, Bob. Yep. This organization needs a goalie. Period. End of paragraph. They need a goalie. Koskinen's not that goalie. Okay. They need a goalie. So should we be patient with the Oilers and let them uh, draft the Russian kid, Askarov, and wait for him to come? Hell no. It's a five-year project, right? So no, not patience in areas like that. Patience on Ethan Bear. You know, don't trade away Caleb Jones. Uh, patience with those guys. Bouchard, Broberg, of course, patience. But there's other areas where they got to act and act fast and get this train finally rolling. All right, so your first priority would be in goal? Yeah, you're not, I, you know, sure, Bob, there's a couple places here, but my first priority is in goal. This team needs a goalie. Yeah, uh, and again, that, you know, hey, if if your goalies are sitting at a 920 instead of an 870, we're not talking about a disappointing series against Chicago. We're talking about a series victory against Chicago. Mark Spector joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, the Canadian Derby, the 27th. Check it out, hbibet.com. All right, uh, so, Mark, wait a second. It, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know what Crawford's save percentage was in that series, right? It wasn't very good either. It was it like... It started with eight. Yeah. So Chicago won with a with a save percentage that started with eight, right? Which it, just so we're I, clear on that, right? Except he he was the only goaltender to steal a game for his team, which was oh, game he, four. He was, he he was, was good he, in the in third game, periods when it in one, in one, yeah, good enough in in the third periods. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, well, it's going to be intriguing to see how they reupholster their lineup and what little subtle changes they make and where they're not. I like that word. Well, I agree. I, I think we're going to see the team prioritize goaltending in the offseason. I think that's a given. They don't have a lot of space otherwise. The market also dictates there's lots of goaltenders available, Mark. Uh, so they might just have to play kitty by the door a bit up front for a year, and then it gets a little bit more opportunistic uh, for Edmonton. Could be as low as $62 million. And you wouldn't buy out James Neal right now, would you? No, not at this point. I, yeah. I just, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know. Gotta stop chasing bad money. I think you're just chasing bad money. I understand why they bought out Andre Sekra. I understand yeah. that. But yeah. I'm also watching Andre Sekra play regular shift in the Stanley Cup final now. Right? Yeah. So, you know what? Could you have stood by Andre Sekra? Well, 
Dallas Maybe. is fine. He's playing you pretty could, good. You could, you could have made an argument they could have waited another year on Pouliot before the buyout, too. That would have been a completely fair assessment. Or maybe they missed a window to trade Pouliot. Who knows? I think, remember Don Matthews, the old football coach? Yeah. Uh, I think what happened with Pouliot was a case of illness and fatigue, Bob. Yes. <laughs> right? the, they were sick and tired. Tired. Yes. <laughs> it happens once in a while. Uh, we had Bob Nicholson on from Frankfurt today. Your thoughts on Edmonton being the hub city and then Edmonton and Red Deer hosting the World Juniors again. So back-to-back years, the World Juniors are in Edmonton. Yeah, and, and you know, this is uh, – remember when they were – talking about being a bubble city and a lot of the conversation was why are we doing this like what's in this for edmonton a little economic stimulus but really what's in this well i'll tell you what here's something that's in this right we get two world juniors in a row so the focus was has been on edmonton in the hockey world of course uh the last few weeks because of the bubble yeah focus will be on edmonton at the world juniors because they're having it here this year and they'll, no doubt, Bob, uh, Oilers Entertainment Group will successfully run a bunch of 50-50s and pour charity money into the, into the city and into the various coffers. Uh, and then the next year we'll have a, hopefully a real world junior with all the fans and all the Canadians. So look back some months to the question of how did that bubble say? Why did we even do this bubble here? What a waste of time. Well, you know what? Here's an area where maybe it wasn't a waste of time, right? How about that? Yeah. Hey, Mark, I can remember several years ago when we had people debating the merits of building a new facility. It's kind of yeah. worked out, hasn't it? Well, there you go. I mean, that to me was that was just a stupid point of view. But sure, yes, fair enough. Without this rink, none of this stuff happens. Right. And uh, you know, I talked to Bob uh, Nicholson uh, just uh, after he said he, he, I was listening to him on the radio. He hung up on you and he phoned me from Zurich. And one of the things he said was really cool was everyone sitting around the table in Zurich, guys from all over the world, and they're all talking about what a great job they're doing in Edmonton, you know? And that's worth something, Bob. It's worth something. Yeah, no, it's going to be intriguing. Mark, we know you got to get back to writing. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers now. All right, Bobby, have a great weekend. You bet. That is Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live racing uh, on Fridays and Sundays. But we'll tell you, on the 27th, it's a Canadian Derby out at Century Mile. Uh, limited seating. In fact, I think they're almost sold out. Pretty sure they are sold out, actually. Uh, and you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. You can always text us at 780-496-0063. Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, and myself will have our Stanley Cup roundtable at 135. We'll have complete updates at that stage. Uh, we will tell you that you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And when we come back on Oilers Now, a former Oilers employee that is now a member of parliament, Michael Lake, when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. We just talked about the fact that the uh, Canadian Derby is going to take place on the 27th out at Century Mile. Again, you can visit hbibet.com. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins involved in the horse racing industry. He's got a few horses himself. I believe they race out of Hastings in Vancouver. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. But outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding service at the time of the purchase. They'll continue that standard after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand 
by calling one 877 3673 or go online at brentridge.com. And speaking of Wetaskiwin, a former Edmonton Oilers employee that has spent uh, at least a decade plus in the political game, uh, we welcome back to the show MP for Edmonton Wetaskiwin, Michael Lake. Hello, Michael. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's about 15 years now almost uh, in politics, believe it or not. And you're still surviving after 15 years. I thought it knocked the crap out of people after like four or five. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a tough world sometimes. Uh, it can be pretty competitive, but uh, uh, working in hockey for 10 years and playing hockey all my life, I think, prepared me for it. So, uh, Let me ask you this. How has the pandemic changed what you guys do as MPs uh, in, in that line of work? Uh, it's you know I mean the house hasn't uh, hasn't sat in a in a meaningful way since March. Um, uh, we uh, we have a sort of a glorified committee, and uh, this is a fairly contentious issue that uh, has been sitting, uh, but uh, largely online and with limited people in the house. Uh, they they were experimenting with hybrid situations all the time. Uh, invariably, though, uh, when uh, committee hearings aren't going the way that uh, the chair wants, uh, amazingly, you wind up having technical difficulties at those times. Uh, uh, almost every time so um surprise surprise uh yeah i guess when uh when i'm having challenges in my relationship with my wife i should refer to that as technical difficulties <laughs> but i think she refers to it as communication challenges uh all right uh these are i mean i, I watch a fair amount of things uh out of the states uh I'm fairly centrist in a lot of my views, Michael, but I, I, I got to do, do you see the same sort of polarization? Are we starting to see a bit of that in Canada like we are seeing down in the States? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh um, I think from a competitiveness standpoint, again, it kind of comes down to that. And uh, in our world, the, the, the more that you can divide people and wedge people, uh, unfortunately, it's seen, I think, on all sides as a political advantage. Uh, you know, I happen to uh, I happen to be of the view that uh, people are, are moving away from that. And, uh, and, and I think that the, the party that first recognizes that and, and kind of moves to find common ground and, and try to... Uh, uh, be seen to work with each other and, and uh, overcome that divisiveness, I think, is going to win big at some point on either side of the border. But uh, unfortunately, too often, uh, uh, we don't we don't see that actually happening. Well, one of the things that's perhaps been the difference between Canada and the U.S. and the handling of COVID-19 and the pandemic, regardless of what you think in terms of maybe how much money the federal government has spent, uh, is that generally speaking, they have kind of deferred to science with the respective health officials at the provincial levels, uh, and and for that matter at the federal level, and and you know, I, I guess that, that that's one of those situations where the various parties have kind of worked together a bit because you could have conservative governments in Ontario and, and Alberta as an example, and they haven't necessarily been hammering the feds on a day to day basis for you know a federal perspective on COVID. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know what, the provinces, uh, provinces have done really well. The federal government in some regards has done well. Of course, uh, you know, it's our job as opposition to hold them to account. But, you know, we're, uh, you know, we all have families and, uh, and friends. Uh, we're all affected. We're all in this together. And I mean, no time more evident than right now where you see the leader of the block has been tested positive. That news came out a few hours ago. And, uh, Aaron O'Toole, our leader, uh, uh one of the members of his staff tested positive and he and his family have 
have undergone testing and don't have the results yet. So, um, you know, we're these are times when we need to come together and work together uh, in the common interest of, of all Canadians. We're joined right now by MP Michael Lake from Edmonton with Tasquin. All right, uh, Michael, you've long been an advocate for uh, autism, and I believe, do you have an event that's taking place this weekend? We do actually. Uh, we it's a little bit different event than it normally is. Uh, normally, it's uh, a walk for uh, Autism Speaks Canada. It normally happens at Rundle Park, but uh, this year, COVID nineteen being what it is, uh, we're we're, we're uh, switching it up and and uh, doing a um, a car parade. So they're calling it Walk on Wheels, and uh, folks are going to meet on Sunday uh, between nine thirty and ten thirty in the McNally parking lot at McNally High School and. And uh, there's a prescribed, a fairly short route that cars are going to take, and uh, each family will ride in their own in their own vehicle and uh, show their support for Autism Speaks Canada and the important work that they do for families across the country and uh, community organizations and research and all all of those uh, important things. I know you tried to uh, either push through funding or push through a bill uh, several years ago now, four or five years ago, that was supposed to cross through various uh, party lines, and there were some challenges on that front. I know this is something near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. You know, we're uh, pushing for a national autism strategy. We've been doing that for uh, for years. We're finally at a point where uh, all parties seem to be on board. I'm not sure where the block stands because anything with the word national in it is is tricky in their world, but uh, um, all of the other parties uh, seem to be on, on the same page. But, uh, of course, the pandemic has uh, kind of thrown that for a little bit of a loop. Our health minister at the federal level is a little bit busy, and rightfully so, uh, on uh, on dealing with the, with the pandemic. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we move through that, it'll be, uh, it'll be good to be able to move in that direction and see if we can build on the momentum that we've uh, worked on over over all of these years and you know i have to say i'm just uh, singling out uh, i heard ryan nugent hopkins uh in the yep. in the intro and you mentioned all the things he does and uh, uh, last year he uh, was very important using the oilers hockey helps kids uh, campaign working with a, a school called sister anata brockman and raising 25 grand for the for autism edmonton so uh what isn't ryan nugent hopkins involved in well, and uh, you know, obviously a beloved player with the Oilers, and I think with that event, if I'm not mistaken, he's won three straight years. Like his school keeps winning. There's a reoccurring theme why that occurs. We're joined by Michael Lake, MP, Edmonton Wetaskiwin. So you spent ten years with the Oilers. I know you still uh, you're, you're still uh, closely following the hockey team. How uh, how tough was it to watch uh, their demise this year in the playing series? You know what? It was it was really tough. I, I mean, I'm one of those guys that I. I predict my team is going to win. Uh, you know, every year I feel like uh, I feel like my team is going to win. But this year, I really think that there was uh, uh, a real reason for optimism. It was a little bit of a wild card coming, uh, you know, coming from such a long break, and uh, um, it's a little bit different vibe when you're playing in your home city, but there's no sta- no uh, no fans in the building. Um, you know, a little bit a little bit disappointing, but uh, you know, we've got a lot to be uh, hopeful for. Uh, saw on my Twitter feed uh, uh, a highlight of uh, Broberg, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, skating the puck up and uh, in uh, sort of a magical fashion uh, and, and then moving it up, up ice, something that we need with uh, the forwards we have here. So, um, you know, I think there's reason for optimism. It'll be interesting to see what uh, the, the off-season holds. It's weird to talk about the off-season um, at this time of the year, you know, October, November, uh, December. So, 
Yeah, let's hope we get things, uh, some semblance of back to order as soon as we can. Just uh, a reminder for the listeners out there, if they want to get involved in this Autism Speaks event, is there a website or something like that, uh, you know, Michael? They, yeah, if they go to autismspeaks.ca, they can uh, find information there. Um, right at the top, there's a banner, and if they click through uh, the Walk uh, you know, walk on Wheels banner, um, they'll uh, it'll take them to, they'll have to pick their city, Edmonton, and then uh, find the information there. But uh, really, really uh, value the support of Edmontonians over the years on this, at this important event. All right, Michael, great stuff. Thank you for your time. Bob, thanks for having us on. You bet. Uh, MP Edmonton with Tasco, and that is Michael Lake. It's 129 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, oh, you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be a rip-roaring final 25 minutes of Oilers Nail starting at 133-ish. Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, myself, our thoughts on a Stanley Cup final that I think actually Jack might have predicted way back when. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.